So, as you can see, there's some cookies on your tables. I'm afraid you can't eat them quite yet. They're a little treat after we finish. Um, and I'll explain more about those later on. But just before I get started, why don't you turn to the person next to you and tell them what you were thinking about this morning. Be honest. What were you thinking about? So the point of that was that we all think. We all have brains. We all think about things. So today's relevant to all of us as we're going to be thinking about... Um, so I'm going to start with a story about me. Are you coming in? Don't worry. I'm going to start with a story about me. So when I was about 17... I started to really care about my appearance and it became really important to me what I looked like and I was affected by social media, by society as a whole, by the people around me, by the boyfriend I had at the time who was really into going to the gym and fitness and health and it all really affected me and I started to um, take a lot of care in my appearance, I started to diet a lot and do a lot of exercise and I lost a lot of weight but I was never happy. I never, my lips in the mirror, I wasn't happy with what I saw. And um, on one particular occasion, I remember nagging my boyfriend at the time and saying, oh, what, what do you want me to look like? What, um, just tell me. And I remember him saying that he preferred me when I was skinnier. And I, those words stuck in my mind and kept coming back to me. And I just wanted to be perfect. It didn't matter what anyone else looked like. I just, for me, I wanted to look perfect. And for other people in my life, they didn't get it. But for me, it was really important. And it affected my life massively. I struggled with bulimia for a bit. I, uh, even when I went to uni and ended that relationship, for quite a few years, it affected me. It affected the way I viewed myself. It affected my health. It affected my relationships. I was searching for affirmation for people to tell me that I looked good. It meant so much to me. It affected so much of my life. So why am I telling you this story? Well, because thoughts matter. Something that starts, something small, innocent in your mind, it can grow to something that can affect who you are, it can affect your relationships, and it can change you as a person. So thoughts are important. And as followers of Jesus, we are called to think differently. And God gives us the tools to enable us to do that. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm going to be focusing on three different verses, which are all um, Paul's letters in the New Testament. First one is in Romans. So Paul was writing a letter to Christians in the Roman church. And in this letter, he gives the full gospel message. He reminds the church that we are humans and we are sinful and that we need saving and that Jesus was sent as the ultimate sacrifice um, to become the new Adam, because Adam in the beginning sinned, and we've all been sinful since then. And Jesus was the new Adam. He started this new humanity that was justified by faith, not by anything else that we've done, but by faith. And this newness of life series is all about that, and that new life that we've been given through Jesus. And that is in a physical sense, but it's also in our minds as well. We're called to think differently. So Paul writes in Romans 12, verse 2, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And let's break that down. We're told not to conform. 
not to act in accordance with, with the pattern of this world, the principles and practices of the world around us. Now, in the previous verse, just one verse back, Paul says that in view of God's mercy, we should offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God as our true and proper worship. With this life that we are given through Jesus' sacrifice, our natural response should be to give our lives back to God in worship. We don't have to die. We don't have to offer animal sacrifices anymore. Jesus dealt with that. But in response, our natural response to that amazing mercy and love that God has for us should be to offer our lives, our whole lives, everything within us, our body and our minds, everything that we do, we should offer to him. This idea of living sacrifice is very countercultural. As it says, not to conform to the pattern of this world. Our world is so self-centered. It's so individualistic. It's all, you do you. I don't know if any of you have seen that new Coca-Cola advert that's got those two ladies sitting on a sofa looking at Tinder or something, some dating app, and just joking about the fact they don't want to take relationships seriously. It's all like, you do you. And it portrays it as this great thing of you do you, you be who you want to be. Don't worry about anyone else, you just do what's best for you, that's all that matters. And that seems appealing, but that's not what it says in the Bible, and that's not what we're called to do. We're called to think differently. Sometimes it's hard to distinguish what are the negative patterns that we've taken from the world. It's a fact that if you get a frog and drop it into a pot of boiling water, it will jump out. It is a fact. You can try it when you get home, if you like. Um, <laughs> I didn't try it in preparation, but I believe it's true. Um, but if you put a, a frog in a pot of cold water and you slowly turn up the heat, it won't jump out and it will boil and it will die. And that is an analogy for us, that the temperature is slowly turned up with things in the world, slowly culture shifts, slowly ideas, we absorb them. A phrase that I read when um, researching for this was cultural osmosis. And I, I googled what it meant just to make sure that I wouldn't explain it wrong. Um, so osmosis is basically, sorry if I get this wrong, but it's basically the fact that when you're near to something and things coming through from the other side, so in the world, we're surrounded by things, and they just, we, get, we absorb them without even noticing it. We just absorb them just by the fact that we're there, that we're in the world. And just like that frog, we don't even notice that we're taking things on, that we are conforming to the world without even realizing it. An example from where I work, um, in my organization, um, some of my colleagues work with um, survivors of domestic abuse. They've been in domestic um, abusing relationships. And some of these people, you could ask them, you know, why didn't you get out? Why didn't you leave? You were there for years in that relationship. Why didn't you go? And they might say to you, well, that was my normal. It slowly began and it built up and up. And to an onlooker, you would look in and say, what are you doing? That is clearly wrong, but when you're in that, actually, it becomes your normal. And you take these things on without even realizing it. You conform, you um, become changed 
without even realizing it. So we have to take a positive action, not conform. If we do nothing, we will become like the world. We have to do something to undo that evil that the world puts on us in the very beginning of our lives. So moving on with the verse, it says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed, transfigured, to be as new, the opposite of conforming. By the renewing of your mind, to be purifying your mind back to how it should have been. And then we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. We'll be able to discern God's will, his purpose, and determine the right course of action from the world. And his will, it ends with his good, pleasing and perfect will. Because it is, God's will is good, it is pleasing and it is perfect. It is so much better than the will of the world and we need to believe that. But the key word here is be transformed. It doesn't say transform yourself. It doesn't say go and sort yourself out. It says be transformed. Only the Holy Spirit can truly transform us by renewing our minds, by re-educating us, by setting us back to how it should have been, by taking away, cleansing us from all the worldly patterns that we absorb every day. We need that Holy Spirit to fully renew us in our body and in our minds, a renewal that touches everything, and only then can we really discern what God's will is. How can we expect to understand God and hear from God when... There's so much in our minds from the world. God is not of this sinful world. And we are told in the Bible not to be um, of the world. We're in it, but we're not to be of it. Going back to Paul's letter, one of the themes um, in this letter to the church is about unity. So this church was made up of Jews and Gentiles. Um, so it's for everybody. And... There were some differing views. They had different ideas about what their practices should be and things like that. So Paul, after this verse, goes on talking about the fact that um, these people need to be humble. They need to not think of themselves as more highly than others. They need to honour all the members of the church family because we all have a part to play. And maybe that's a message for us as a church. Maybe that's a message for us individually. We need to honour one another. We need to think kindly of one another. We need to love each other and work together. We're not better than anybody else. I'm not better because I'm standing at the front. I'm not better at any of these things. I'm just doing my best for God, and that's all that we can do. We're all different, and we need to appreciate that and not let the world influence our views. We're all valued, and God loves us all. So the only way we can truly do that the only way we can truly have our minds set back to the way they should be is through the Holy Spirit. Now you'll all be pleased to know I'm going to tell you about what these cookies are for. So, to illustrate this point, I've got some cookies. Now, I don't want to lose any of you by getting too technical. I'm just going to have some water. So if any of you have gone onto the internet, as I'm sure most of you have, and you go onto a website, <clears throat> a little pop-up at the bottom might come up and say, 
we want to use your cookies. Right, get it, get it, okay. So when we go onto these websites, <clears throat> they want to use our cookies. Now on these cookies, are stored data about us. Everything you do, every search you do, everything you buy, even when you hover slightly more over one pitch than another, it records that data. Apparently, it even listens to what you say, it listens on your phone or something, I don't know if that's true, but they know a lot about you. So you know one day when you are searching for Land Rovers, let's say, <laughs> the next day, you'll be scrolling on Facebook, there'll be an advert for Land Rovers, and you'll think, how do they know? They know everything. So in the same way, when we look at things, when we do things, everything that we see, it becomes a cookie in our minds. And these things, they come back to us. So let's say it's a Netflix show you watched last night. Maybe you were thinking about it this morning. There's a cookie. You go on social media and you see a picture of somebody and think, oh, they look better than me. That's a cookie. All these things, they come back to us and they affect us, just like computer cookies. Some of these things are involuntary, like walking down the street and seeing a billboard advert of someone in a bikini. That's, you can't control that, but that's a cookie. And some of these things we can control, what we watch, what we do. And they all add up in our minds and they all affect us. We can't escape them. Even the things that you do that you think no one else sees, they still are all adding up in your mind. As I said in my story at the beginning, it was just a thought where all that began, all that change in my life. Just one cookie, it starts there and it grows. And these things, they can lead somewhere you never thought they were going to lead. So take that story of you walk down the street, you see a billboard with a lady in a bikini. Or a man in something else, I don't know. Someone, something, something provocative, okay? It's in your mind, there's one. Later on, maybe you think about it again, there's another. Maybe you search for it, you want to see it again. Maybe you start thinking about things in your head. Maybe you want more and more and it builds up and it builds up. And you end up somewhere you didn't intend to be. You never thought that first thing would take you. But it does. Because our thoughts are important. And we can't control everything we see or everything we come into contact with. But we can control our thoughts. We need to protect ourselves and protect our minds. And Paul knows this. And Oh, no, I forgot the picture of the cookie. Sorry. Cookies. There you go. I couldn't find any smarty ones, unfortunately. But. So, now we're going to Paul's letter to a church in Philippi, which is a church he dearly loved. Now, he, in this letter, is encouraging the church to rejoice in God and have peace, and he gives advice about what they should be thinking about. This church is going to be quite a hard time. They are suffering some persecution. They're facing resistance from people outside the church. So Paul wants to encourage them to focus on good things. Good things aren't necessarily in the church. Um, 
But that in light of the gospel, we should um, just be thinking about things that fit in to these words that should appear. There we go. So, in Philippians 4, verse 8, Paul says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So Paul is acknowledging that what we spend our time thinking about and considering is important. And to achieve a wholesome thought life, we need to be careful about what we're putting into our minds. And this is emphasized by um, another verse in Galatians 6, which says, A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. What seeds are you sowing in your mind? What cookies are you putting in your mind? If they're good, they'll lead to good. If they're not good, it might not lead to good things. So what are you doing? What are you putting in your mind? What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you looking at? On the surface, some things might not appear to be evil. But when you look at them, when you look at this list, do all of these apply to everything that you do? Everything that you think? Is it all noble, pure, lovely, praiseworthy? A TV show that I'm sure most of you will have heard of, Friends. Heard of Friends TV show? Yeah, I don't know if you've all watched it, but I've watched it and I've enjoyed it. Um, but I was thinking about that show and thinking about some of the normal norms in the show that you could take on, that it could teach you. Some of these things, some of these cookies, it's adding to your mind, are that watching porn is normal. Casual sex is fine. Everyone is attractive and skinny. Having a successful career is important to your life. Lying to your partner is completely fine. All of these things in this show that we watch, we think, oh, it's fine. It doesn't affect me. It's fine. I can watch this show. It's, you know, they're not that bad. They don't really swear. They don't, you know, it's fine. Actually, even these shows that everybody watches has all these things that they're telling us is normal, but we don't believe that they are. And before we know it, we're taking these on by that cultural osmosis, like that little frog in the hot water. Things are turning up and we're thinking, we're fine, it's fine, it's all fine. It doesn't feel hot. Actually, it is, but it's just so slow. Taking it all on, we don't even realise it. What about other negative thoughts? So in just a few verses before um, this one I just read, let me find it. Paul is talking about a couple of ladies who are having a bit of a disagreement. And perhaps he's saying this to them and saying, in your disagreement, ladies, are you thinking these things? I'm sure we've all fallen out with people before, had arguments. In the argument, do we want to win, no matter what the cost, no matter how much you hurt the other person? Are we thinking pure, good thoughts? I know I always, I'm not always thinking good thoughts when I'm having an argument. We need to be careful in all of our thoughts, in everything. This guidance applies to everything that we think. 
No one else can see in your mind. Nobody, only God and you know what you're thinking. And that is important. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that I get it right either. It's a real challenge. But imagine a world where we all thought like this. Imagine what a good place that would be when you know people aren't thinking things behind your back. When you know when you're having a discussion that you both want the best for each other, that you're thinking good things, that you're thinking pure things. What a good world that would be. It may seem impossible, and it probably is in this lifetime, but we can strive for it. For God's glory, we can strive for it. And we can put things in place that are going to help us to get there. So for me personally, I've decided not to watch certain TV shows and films. And maybe because I don't want you know, that imagery in my head of violence or other unhelpful things. I used to, when I went running, I like to go running every now and again. I used to listen to mainstream pop music. So it was really upbeat, got me going and made me feel good. But actually, I realised that the lyrics are pretty awful to a lot of those songs. So I decided to listen to Christian music instead. And I still listen to pop music sometimes, but actually I've had some incredible God moments on my runs listening to that worship music. And it's not always as upbeat as I want it to be. It's not always as catchy. But that's one little thing I've done to put positive things in my head. And it's really made a difference. But I don't always make the right decisions. And sometimes the right thing to do isn't the easy thing to do. Sometimes saying, oh, no, I'm not going to watch that because I don't want that in my mind. That might not... Other people might not like that. Or it might mean you're missing out on something everyone else is watching. So we need the Holy Spirit's help to show us to renew our minds and tell us what what we should be doing. It is a daily battle and it's not something we can change overnight, our thought pattern. And we're attacked from three angles on a daily basis. We're attacked by our own flesh, our selfish desires, what we want. We're attacked by the world, by things that we see that we can't help. And we're attacked by the devil, the enemy, all of these things, adding cookies on and on, that some we can control, some that we can't. And it's a lot, a lot going on in our minds. It's difficult. It is a battlefield. If we do nothing, our head is going to look like this, full of thoughts. And we're not going to know what is good and what is not good. But thankfully, the good news is, we don't have to do it on our own. We're called to think differently, and God gives us exactly what we need to do so. We're talking about prison ministry this morning. I'm assuming, probably, not many of us here have been in prison, and certainly, I imagine none of us have thought we were about to be executed. Um, But that's where Paul was at. Um, 
when he wrote this letter, his final letter, which he wrote to his protege, Timothy. He says these words. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, he says, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. It gives these, extra, these words extra weight when we know that Paul is in prison, thinking he's about to die. He's been abandoned by everybody, pretty much. People are doubting his ministry because he's a convicted criminal. He's alone. And I know if I was in that situation, I'd probably feel pretty rubbish. And I don't know if I could say the encouraging words that Paul says. But he wholeheartedly trusts in God. And it's amazing, his faith. And he's encouraging Timothy to continue in his footsteps, even though he knows that Timothy is going to face struggles too. Paul encourages us that the Holy Spirit is not one of fear. We don't need to be afraid. But we still have fears. We have things in our mind that hold us back. What are you afraid of? The opinion of others? Being rejected? Being a failure? Anxious thoughts, thinking that you're not enough, you're not good enough. I know that I have a fear of failure, and it's much easier not to try than to try and fail. But here I am, doing this, I'm scared, and that's the Holy Spirit, not me. Paul then goes on to say these powerful words about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that's in all of us that ask for it. The Spirit gives us power, gives us strength to endure hardship, to resist temptation, to fortify us, to fight the good fight. We have the power to throw out those negative cookies in our mind. The Holy Spirit gives us love. God is love. Living from a place of knowing you are loved is a good starting point. It gives us courage. It empowers us, knowing that we are so loved, nothing we can do will take that love away from us. God wants us to live in that love the Holy Spirit will fill us with and to share that love with others. Living from a place of love where we fill our mind with good things, we take these bad things out, we say, no, I'm not going to gossip about my friend or I'm not going to think those negative thoughts when I'm in an argument. No, I'm not going to think those bad thoughts. I'm going to love. The Spirit empowers us to do that. And thirdly, self-control. The Holy Spirit gives us a wise mindset. It helps us to be obedient, to be able to say no, to be level-headed and wisely discern what to do. Gives us the wisdom to stop doing the things that are unhelpful that put these negative things in our mind that we don't need there. These are gifts that are freely given to all who ask. All we have to do is ask. The Holy Spirit wants to set us free from these negative thoughts, wants to set us free from the holds that the world has on us. Don't let fear stop you. Don't let pride get in the way. This is a process. And it just starts by being open to the Holy Spirit. 
my story from the start about my journey with body insecurities, it has a happy ending because I've overcome a lot of those insecurities now. And not on my own, but because of the Holy Spirit, because of all the truths in the Bible, because of God's love for me that's not based on what I look like. And still, every day, I see things on social media. I see things, people say things, and you still feel this pressure that try and set me back to believe those lies. But I have the Holy Spirit to help me, to give me the power to say no, give me the love that God has for me, and give me the self-control to say I'm not going to listen to that and I'm not going to put those things in my mind that shouldn't be there. We are called to think differently. The ways of the world in which we live are contagious. They are infectious and they appear inviting. If we do nothing, we will conform. We are called to a different way of living, to be the new humanity started by Jesus. We are called to think differently and not on our own, through the incredible power of the Holy Spirit who will help us every day. And it is a daily battle with ourselves, with the world, and with the enemy. There will constantly be new cookies stacking up in our mind every single day. If we don't do anything, these are going to build up. They're going to lead us down a path we didn't want to go down. What might start as a thought might end up in an action that changes your life, and maybe not for the better. These things like build a barrier between us and God and lead us down a path of sin. But God gives us exactly what we need to conquer these thoughts and to have a wholesome thought life. We are called to think differently through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now I encourage you to take a moment. Take a cookie. The moment you've been waiting for. It looks good, doesn't it? Cookies, if you like cookies, hopefully you do. They look inviting. As do many things in the world around us, but they're not always good. What cookies in your mind do you need to get rid of? Where do you need freedom? Where do you need the Holy Spirit to work in your mind? What do you need to stop doing, stop watching, stop looking at? What is setting unhelpful thought patterns in your mind? I'm going to take a moment now. I encourage you to take a cookie, have a look at it. Think about what that cookie is in your life that you need the Holy Spirit to break you free from. Father God, you are so, so good to us. You love us unconditionally. And all we have to do is have faith in you to be saved.
Father, I pray that our Holy Spirit would work in us today. I pray that we would be open to hear from you. We'd be open to to working on our minds, working on our thoughts. Be open to letting the Holy Spirit show us where our thought patterns have gone wrong, where we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, what things we need to put down and say, I'm not going to do anymore, I'm not going to look at that. Lord, you give us exactly what we need to have that wholesome thought pattern that's going to bring life. We want to give you glory, Lord. All that you've done for us, that should be our natural response. We want to live for you, and that includes in our minds. What we think about is so important. We are called to think differently. We live in a polluted world full of sinful things that appear nice and inviting. I pray that you give us the strength to see where the lies are and to say no. I challenge people here today, if everything you do, everything you see, everything you watch, everything you read, if that's all the same as somebody who's not a Christian. We're called to be different and stand out. Shouldn't our lives look different? Shouldn't our thoughts be different? Shouldn't what we do be different? We should be proud to be different. We shouldn't try and conform to this world because we were, <laughs> we're made for so much more than that. Pray God that we would Live and revel in that newness of life that you give us through Jesus. That amazing life that is the best for us. Father God, I pray you bless everyone in this room. Bless their thought life. I pray that this journey would just start here, would continue. Thank you, Lord. Amen.